I want to get into the Word this morning. Let me just say, it's awesome to preach to three-dimensional people in Jesus' name. Robert and I had some good one-on-one times the last couple months, but it's nice to have other people in the room. Um, Oh, man. So we're going to continue on our series this morning. We're just going to keep plugging along in our series on the Beatitudes. Have you guys been enjoying this series? It's been uh, pretty incredible what God is, is speaking and revealing to us during this, uh, this whole study. It's been awesome. When I first you know, looked at it, I was like, man, eight, that's good. It's kind of a long time. But here we are. We only have a couple more to go. And I'm kind of sad that we only have two more Beatitudes to look at because they are powerful and they're challenging. Um, this week, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go into Matthew chapter 5, and the next one that we're going to look at is, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Hmm. This is a tricky one. This is a little tricky because being a peacemaker can look different from day to day, from moment to moment, and from circumstance to circumstance. And we're going to kind of see how that works today. What does it mean to be a peacemaker? If we're going to understand what Jesus is saying, we have to understand what Jesus is saying, right? And so what does it mean to be a peacemaker? And again, that can mean all sorts of different things, depending on the circumstance. But every different circumstance leads to the same result. Being a peacemaker, no matter what it looks like in that moment, is for the same goal, okay? And that goal is to bring people to Jesus. Because if you want to be a peacemaker, if you want to bring peace, the only way that you can have peace is through Jesus, right? And so that is always the goal of being a peacemaker, that's it. That's the only, that's the only, uh, uh, you know, the only drive, the only objective is to bring people to Jesus because Jesus is the only one that brings peace. You know, I, th- I think you look in the world and the most frustrated people, maybe not on the outside, but on the inside, in their hearts, the most frustrated people in this world are those that try everything in their own power to achieve peace and then don't have it at the end of the day. Why? Because they're looking to everything else to bring their soul and their spirit and their heart peace, and they're trying everything but Jesus. And they're realizing that it's all failing. It's not about money. It's not about fame. None of those things, not even our family, our our children, (laughs) bring us peace, right? Uh, All those things we try and we, we add to our lives, this and that, and titles and whatever. And then at the end of the day, we're going, it's not working It's not fulfilling me. It's not bringing me peace. Why? Why? Because none of those things do. Only Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That's it. And so our goal as peacemakers is to bring Jesus. Okay? Is to bring Jesus. Not ourselves or not anything else. It's to bring Jesus. Okay? And I want to look at this morning. I want to look in Romans chapter 14. Because the thing about a peacemaker is they care more about bringing Jesus to the scene than caring about themselves, okay? A peacemaker, a lot of times, has to be selfless because it's more important to promote Jesus than our own selves. And so we're going to look in Romans 14, and Paul gives us a nice uppercut to the heart here, starting in verse 15 when he says this, If your brother or sister is distressed... Because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. 
Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us, therefore, make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Whew, that's a lot. Paul's calling us out here. He's calling us out. Let's look back at what he is saying in these few verses. Okay, first of all, if your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. All right, peacemakers act in love. So if we are doing something, all right, that causes someone else to stress or whatever that might be, we are not acting in love, okay? We are acting out of our own self-will and self-desire. And then it goes on to say, do not by, uh, do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. That's, that's tough right there. In other words, let me say it like this, because Paul right here, he's, he's talking about a specific thing in eating, but really it's about, it's about a whole bigger thing, right? And whatever that might be for us, what is, our, what is our soapbox that we are on right now? All right? And is that soapbox leading someone to Jesus or not? And what Paul's saying is, look, don't, don't plant your flag on that and then, and then ruin the person that Jesus died for, because our soapbox is not as important as Jesus on the cross, Okay? We hearing me, church? All right. Come on. Y'all are here, right? I'm having flashbacks the last two months. It's not as important as Jesus on the cross. What Paul's saying is here is don't, don't, don't plant your flag there and then ruin the cross. Because your soapbox could turn people away from Jesus. And nothing is as important as that. And here's the thing that we need to understand. And his work could get a little challenging, but our soapbox might be something that is right, but it's not going to lead people to Jesus. But here's the cool thing. If we lead people to Jesus, then they, or Jesus will fix their heart to what we were standing on the soapbox for. But if we try and do it ourselves, it doesn't work that way. And a lot of times that's the mistake that we make, and we think we're being peacemakers, but we're leading people away from the cross. And we're sacrificing Jesus for our own thing whatever that might be. And whatever our thing is, it's pretty trivial compared to Jesus on the cross. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter who we are. I read this this week. It says, if Jesus was willing to give up his life for the sake of the, that brother, I can certainly give up my steak dinner. That's really what it boils down to. That's really what it boils down to. And then in verse 16, it says, Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. And this is one of those verses that if you take it just on its own and, and get rid of context, whoa, you, you can stand on that for your own thing and, and make it all sorts of different things. I'm not going to let you say what is evil be, you know, what is good be evil. That's not what Paul's saying here. He's saying what you know in your heart is good. And what is, what is the only good thing? is Jesus, right? So don't let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. And how does that happen? When we, when, when we stop being peacemakers and we start planting our flag and all this other stuff, and then people see us knowing that we know Jesus, knowing that we're Christians, and turn away from him because of how we act. That is what he's saying here. Don't let what you know in your heart is good be spoken of as evil because of what you do. It's It's backwards. So as peacemakers, we need to always, 
Always be pointing to Jesus in everything we're doing, everything we're saying. It goes back to last week. What is our motive? What is in our heart? We might be thinking, yeah, this is good, but God's looking at our heart. And, is, and are we pointing people to Jesus by what we say and what we do, or are we really pointing them to James? It's tough. Verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. If, if, if being a peacemaker was easy, Paul wouldn't have to put in there, make every effort. You know, if it was easy, he would just say, just do it. All right, cool. On to the next thing. But being a peacemaker is hard. And we have, we have to make every effort. And a lot of times, our, the effort that we have to make is shutting our mouths. A lot of times, we have to put on a mask. Social distance. When we don't want to do it. But if it leads someone to Jesus, don't you think it's worth it? I think so. Because that is the biggest thing. That is the biggest thing. Peacemakers see the bigger picture. Peacemakers see the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is Jesus. Everything points to him. Everything. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. You know, if this, if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's taught me anything, I think it's taught most of us anything, based on your reaction about being here this morning, is that we were created to be in relationship with one another, right? We were, we were created to be in relationship with God, and we were created to be in relationship with one another, to be in communion with one another. And I think what we discovered during these past couple months is that when we are not in relationship with other people, we are not in communion with other people, we are not gathering together, and we are consistently on our own, in our own house, just with our own people, you know what happens? We get very weird. We get very weird. Who's going to be brave with me and raise your hand and say that you, you normally only brush your teeth around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, right, for the first time? Nobody, just me. Okay, oh, thank, all right, we got a couple. All right, got a couple. Honest people in here. This past Christmas, Jesse did a theme gift for me. Uh, it was the Christmas of comfort, which was the best Christmas for me ever. She got us a new comforter for our bed because I always complain about the old one. She got me new slippers. And she got me new sweatpants. Best Christmas ever. I don't think she intended for me to wear my slippers and sweatpants for two months straight without ever changing. <laughs> we were by ourselves and I got weird. Anyone look on, online and see a bunch of different clips of people, what they were doing, you know, during this time? Like, it's, I, I just really felt for the people, like, in, in the bigger cities that live in apartments and just have this small square footage and don't have, you know, really anywhere to go. I mean, I, I, I don't know how they didn't lose their mind altogether. But there was one clip above, that stood above all to me that I just blew my mind. Robert, let's, let's show that one real quick. This is what happens when we're by ourselves for too long. gone to the bad place. 
that took him four days to do. How do you even think of that? I'm going to get a ping pong ball and a bunch of different pots, and I'm going to tone them out so that they match the old NBC intro to basketball for the NBA. Ding. No. It's impressive to look at in church, but that's weird. That's weird. And that's what happens when we spend all this time by ourselves. What does it have to do with peacemaking? Well, being a peacemaker means striving to be together. It means striving to be in relationship with one another. And a lot of times, to make every effort, that can be hard. It can mean laying down our lives and our, and, and our principles sometimes just so that we are leading people to Jesus because that's the bigger picture. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Peacemakers are quick to forgive and quick to ask for forgiveness because God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He began the whole thing of reconciliation. We said, now here, it's up to you. It's you do it. Here's the ministry that I have given you. And I want to say this. Listen, God is obsessed. He is obsessed with bringing peace. It's everything to him. Bringing peace to this world, to his children. That's what he's all about. And since the fall of Adam and Eve, God has been on a mission to bring peace back to this earth, to bring peace back to his children. And it was on, it was, it was on this little incline, and then it hit a peak with Jesus. And all of a sudden, peace started to reign everywhere. But we're not even close to the end. He's still on the mission, and we're really going to see it when Jesus comes back when ultimate peace reigns again. But God, that's what he wants for his children. You know, last week, um, if you don't know, we, where I live, it's, uh, we have what's called the McDonald compound. It's my family, my sister's family, my parents all live right next door to each other. It's pretty awesome. And especially during quarantine, to have a family right, right across the fence from you. And my mom and I were sitting in, in their backyard, and it's just, it's just like some shrubs in a, in a chain link fence that separate our yards. And she was holding um, her baby daughter, Ellie, who's two months old. And um, so she was just in her, in her element holding her. And uh, on the other, in the other yard was our other two daughters, Jesse and my daughters, and my niece and nephew. And they were just playing with a ball, by the way, which was awesome. <laughs> I thought, wow, kids still play with balls. That's awesome. Um, and they're just laughing, having a good time, chasing each other in the backyard. And my, and my mom said, she just goes, this is the best. This is the best. Because as, you know, the, the matriarch of our family, to hear her grandkids just playing together and laughing together. You know why? Because they were in unity. And that's, that's what David says about God thinking about us in unity. In Psalms 133, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And it's not his people, it's his children. It's his family. And I think all of us can remember those times when we get together as a family and no one's bickering or arguing or, or you know, talking behind each other's back about you did this to me and you owe me this amount of money and we're just sitting around the table eating or playing cards and laughing together. Isn't that just the best? 
It's not about going to Disney. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. It's not about extravagant vacations. Or th- it's just being together and laughing together and having peace in the home. And this is our home. This is God's house, and he has invited us in, not as guests, but as residents. And this is our home, and we are a family, and we are his children. And so we have to make every effort as God's children to get along, to be reconciled to one another. So peacemakers are quick to forgive and quick to ask for forgiveness. Because the longer that we wait to do that, the longer that we let it fester and sit and marinate in our hearts and in our minds, the more that it becomes about me. And the more and more it's all about me and this is my story. When really, what did we say for peacemakers? It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That's the mission. That's the goal. And so peacemakers strive for that and they make every effort for that. You know, things, it, it, does, it does get tricky because one day I might be the offender, so I got to ask for forgiveness. The one day I, I might be the offended, so I have to receive forgiveness. I say, okay, I forgive, you know. But we have to be careful because if we're modeling ourselves after Jesus, Jesus was not a pushover. He wasn't a pushover. And I love reading about the times of Jesus not being a pushover. Those are the things where I'm really like fired up. Like we talked about last week in Matthew 23 where he looks at the Pharisees and he says, woe to you, you Pharisees, you brood of vipers, you hypocrites. Listen to what they say, but don't do what they say. Yeah, Jesus, awesome. And that's what I want to follow, right? That's the example. Jesus went into the temple, he turned over the tables. He kicked everybody out. Yeah, Jesus is awesome. I want to be part of that. And so we model a lot of our behavior after that. And we kind of justify how we, the things we say, the things that we do. Say, That's, that was what Jesus did. And we completely forget that he washed feet. That those same Pharisees that he was saying, woe to you, he allowed them to kill him. We forget about that. I do. I want to follow the Jesus that's just like, you know, kicking butt and taking names, <laughs> calling out the Pharisees, saying this isn't about religion. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to wash your feet, okay? <laughs> uh, hopefully that goes without saying. But Jesus, and again, this, this is why when we study the, study the Beatitudes, we have to consider every one of them, because the one before being a peacemaker is blessed are the pure in heart. And so what is our motives when we go into a situation and we're turning over tables and we're saying, woe to you. I'll be honest, when when I take that approach, it rarely has to do with Jesus. It has to do with me and wanting to prove myself right and wanting to prove the other person wrong. But are you willing to those same people to get on your knees and to pray for them, to serve them, to wash their feet, and to lead them to the cross. Because a lot of times being the peacemaker is not the one that turns over the table. It's the one that lays down their life for another. And that can be very hard. 
And so I want to I say this. Listen, I believe this with all my heart, church. The, the, the world is looking at us right now in a big, big way. If for no other reason, because the world is a scary place right now, maybe scarier than it's ever been. And there's only one person that brings hope. One person that brings peace. One person that brings light into the darkness. One person that brings life. And that's Jesus. And so church, how are we going to introduce him onto the scene? Are we going to give up our steak dinner to lead people to Jesus? Are we going to let our soapboxes be God's business and let him work it out? Or instead of being a peacemaker, we're going to be a troublemaker. Because that's really the options. When we start operating in our own flesh and trying to prove ourselves right and prove the other person wrong, we're not bringing peace. We're bringing trouble. And we're, we're letting what we know be good spoken of as evil. I don't want that testimony. I don't want people to speak of Jesus as evil because of the things that I said and I did. Jesus died on the cross for those people just like he died for you and me. The same people. So how are we going to bring those people to Jesus? How are we going to introduce him? How are we going to put him on the scene during this time where people need him desperately? Need him desperately. And I'm believing for a harvest. I'm believing that these these seats are going to be full. I believe that people are going to run to Jesus. But we are Christ's ambassadors. We are his official representatives. How do we represent him? What is our heart? What is our motive? Let's actually go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and let's read that. Starting again in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And here it is. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal, check this out, through us. My goodness, what does God think of us? That he would make his appeal through us. Notice it does not say that we are James's ambassadors or you are your own ambassadors. We are God's ambassadors. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are his representatives and God wants to work through us. How amazing is that? Can we just wrap our brain around that for a second? That in all the mess that we have in our lives, all the things that we did this morning before we even got to church, let's just take that in and of itself. God says, I want to use you, and I'm going to work through you. But you know what? He's not going to be second place through us. If God's going to use us and be seen through us, we can't be in front of him. He'll wait till we get out of the way. He says, okay, now I'm going to use you. Being a peacemaker is about putting God first in us, not even second, third, fourth. It's just God. There is no second. Can we do that? Can we be those peacemakers? Because here's the promise. Let's not forget the promise that Jesus says in this beatitude. We will be called children of God. (laughs) What's better? What's better than that? And the reason we know that this is so important, that it's all about Jesus, because the one child of God that we have to live by, the one example, is Jesus himself. And what was Jesus about? 
glorifying God, bringing people to Him, expanding the kingdom. It wasn't about all the other stuff. We're to be called children of God, to sit at His table, to be that family that laughs together, that plays together, that enjoys one another. That is what God is calling us to be. He's saying, be that peacemaker. There's a place for you at my table, in my home, where you are not a guest, you are a resident. Amen. Romans 8, verse 17 says, Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. Yeah, is it hard to be a peacemaker? Do we have to lay ourselves down sometimes? Yes. But we get to share in the glory. We get to share in the glory of God. And I don't know, I, I can't tell you what that's like. I can't explain to you what the glory of God is like. But I know this, I want to share in it. I, I want to share in that glory because it's good, because God doesn't do anything halfway. If we just look at the, the glory of his creation that we know of, that we can see, it's insane. It's incredible. How much more so than his kingdom so you're going to share in the glory. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But that's his promise to us. And I love that. So this whole thing about being a peacemaker is tricky. It's hard. How do we navigate the days where we, where we need to stand up for injustice? Where we need to bring light to darkness and take that stand? Because those days happen where we have to stand up and not be that pushover. Versus the days when we need to get on our hands and feet and wash our neighbor's feet. How do we do that? How do we know? Well, the first thing that we need, you know, we need to ask ourselves, what's our motive? Who am I doing this for? But even more so, this is, this is what it boils down to right here. Let's go back to Romans 8, starting in verse 14. Paul says this, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So it's all tied together. The peacemakers are called children of God. The children of God are those that are led by the Spirit, not by our own desires. And there are times when, when we, we've seen it before, or you have this they call it righteous indignation, you know, spirit rises up in you. Because the Spirit comes on you, right? And you operate in that. But sometimes we've got to fight the enemy. But for our brothers and sisters who don't know Jesus, they don't even know they're, they're work, you know, working on the enemy's working in them. How to set them free, not fight them. We're fighting the enemy, but not our brothers and sisters, those that Jesus died for as well. Let's stand up. We're gonna, I'm going to pray for you all, and then we're going to close in some worship this morning if the band wants to come back up. I want to sing that song, Waymaker, again, at least the chorus. Let's, we're going to sing that chorus of Waymaker, and then We'll close with another song as well. But let me just pray for you all this morning. And um, let me do this. Everyone just bow your heads and close your eyes. We're doing things a little different this morning. If there's just something you need prayer for, I'm not even going to put a label on it, but you came in this morning, you just need prayer. Just with every, every head bowed and every, eyes, every eye closed, just raise your hand. Can you put your hand in the air? If you, that's you, you just need help. You just need prayer for something. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much, Jesus. 
that you call us children of God. Lord, that you think that much of us, Lord, to call us your children when we mess up, when we aren't quick to forgive others or, or receive, you know, just ask for forgiveness, Lord. When we, we make it about ourselves, when it's really about you, God, all of us in here are guilty of those things. There's not one of us that hasn't done that multiple times, Lord. I know I have. God, forgive us when we forget that you've called us to be peacemakers. Help us, Jesus, to be led by the Spirit, to know when to stand up and fight, and to know when to serve. God, that it would all point to you, that it would all be about you, not about our own selves. Father, for those this morning that raised their hand, Lord, you know what they, you know what they needed before they woke up this morning. God, I pray for each one of those people. You saw, you saw their hands. God, whatever any of us are walking through, whether it's health, finances, relationally, God, our children, Jesus, we're struggling in our faith, maybe, Lord. That this, this world that we're in right now has really shook us and we're scared. God, I pray that you would, you would come onto the scene. Lord, you would meet every need that we have, Jesus, because that's who you are. You are our way maker, our miracle worker. You are those things, God. We don't just sing it because it's a song. We sing it because we believe it. Bring increase to our faith, Lord God, and let us be that light to those that need it. Let us point to Jesus. Let the hands that were raised now leave with testimonies, God, that we can, we can share with our friends, share with our family, share with our neighbors who don't know you, Father. Give us those opportunities, Lord. God, for every prayer that is needed this morning, God, I pray that you would meet it above and beyond, that you would move, Father, in the lives of your people. Thank you, Jesus, for the testimonies, God, that are going to be coming through this season that we're in. Meet all of our needs, God. Lord, your word is full of promises, and you don't break promises. You are a promise keeper. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for being for us and not against us, for sticking with us closer than a brother. Thank you, Lord. We love you, God, and we bless you.